Well, I've got some things I feel like the Holy Spirit has led me to share with you today. We're in our series talking about how to have an encounter with God. And it's really stimulated by the words that God gave me when I came back from Lane and I's vacation sabbatical this summer. And there was two words that come close. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying into our lives. Come close. Now, I want to ask you this morning, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to come close? I want to carry you back all the way to Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, the Bible says that God came in the cool of the day. He came to meet together. That's God's great desire is to be able to come close to you and then to be able to draw you into the closeness place of Him. So it's, I'm going to ask you, what is your response to that? What is our response? What is our individual response to God's call for us to come close to Him? What I'm praying is that we determine that we're going to fulfill God's heart. Jesus died so that He could come close. Why in the world we would live a life that's separated or far from God? Why in the world we... Because Jesus scanned that huge divide, came so far to make it so easy for us to come close to Him. So my encouragement is that in each car, in each truck, each person this morning will just determine, I'm going to find a way to break free of whatever's holding me back to come close to God. Is that your heart? Will you join with me in that? I'm going to find a way to break through whatever is holding me back in my life. I'm going to find a way. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. And uh, we found the scripture that's so wonderful. In James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, It says, Move your heart closer and closer to God, and He will come even closer to you. Wow, isn't that a powerful promise? Somebody just thank God for that promise, would you? Wow, isn't that a powerful promise? The promise says, Move your heart closer and closer to God. And He will come even closer to you. What that tells me is this. If I make one step, God's going to make two toward me. If I will make one step toward God, then God will make two steps toward me. So there's no reason why I should live on the fringes of God's presence. And I pray this morning that the theology, well, I just get to go to heaven when I die, gets out of you. Well, truly, we do get to go to heaven when we die. But we get the presence of God to live here every day. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, God's will is for every person to come and do a supernatural encounter with Him. God's got some powerful gifts He wants to give you. God's got some powerful dreams He wants to dream through you. God's got some powerful purposes that God wants you to fulfill. And the only way that happens is to come close to God so His presence can fill up our life. Amen? And each one of us, we, we need that. Now, uh, this morning, we started really last week sharing the ways, the little positions that I could position my life to, to get me into a place that would simply draw the presence of God closer to me. And we felt we dealt with a little bit on waiting upon God. And we find out the way you know God is expecting. How many of you are expecting God to show up this morning? 
That's what waiting on God simply says. Waiting on God says, I'm expecting God. I'm expecting God. Now, now get off your stool of do nothing this morning and get on the place of faith with God and expect God to show up in that car, show up in that truck, manifest Himself into your life, bring healing and deliverance and help and encouragement. Amen? That's what the Bible calls waiting on God. I'm expecting God. It's just like blind Bartimaeus sitting on that side of the road begging, expecting any minute, thou son of David, have mercy on me. If I can draw, if I can draw God's attention today, God will come and He will heal me. And He will help me. And He will turn my life around. And He will strengthen me. And He can change my family. And He can even change my circumstances. And He can give me a dream in the midst of the circumstances. Amen? The next way is humility. I prepare my life through humility. Humility simply says I'm willing to lay down my grievances to get close to God. Humility says I'm willing to lay down who I'm mad at, what I'm mad about, what I'm upset about, what I'm fearful of. I'm willing to lay it aside to get close to God. What that tells me is this. If I'm here this morning and I've got a desire to be close to God, Whatever the devil has been creating in my life the week before, I've got to be willing to lay it aside. But if I'll put it in the hands of God, God said His way was light, His yoke is easy. If I'll put it in the hands of God, God can better take care of anything going on in my life that I can. So this morning, my challenge to you is to come humbly before God. What that says is, I'm going to come laying aside all grievances into the hands of the Lord. I'm going to lay all my fears into the hands of the Lord. I'm going to lay, lay all of my, uh, my, uh, my uh, misunderstandings in to the hand of the Lord. And out of God's mighty hand, God can take care of it. I want to see this morning how many of you are here that are willing to lay your grievances into the hand of the Lord and let God resolve them. Amen. The next area is desperation. I must be willing to be desperate. Now, there's two types of ways we can try to be desperate. One thing is aggravation. Aggravated with things in life, man, remove me to desperation. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a divine desperation. I'm talking about that heart that simply says, I, there's a hunger for God in me that only God will satisfy. God is the only one that can meet my need. God is the only one that can truly take care of me. So I am desperate for God. And what you find out is that desperation, it has a sound. I mean, it has, it may sound like a car horn this morning. It may sound like a cry this morning, but there is a sound that accompanies desperation. I'm asking you this morning, if you're desperate for God, let's hear some cry of some kind. Amen. There is a sound that accompanies desperation. And not only is there a sound that accompanies desperation, but there is a way. I mean, People that have de- are desperate for God, man, they just act differently. They are different people because, man, they're living their life focused upon God, trusting in the Lord. So I challenge you this morning to not be frustrated into your desperation, but I challenge you this morning to look with divine desperation toward God. Say, God, I'm desperate to have you change this situation in my life or in my family situation. I'm desperate for the hand of God. 
Now, under desperation, we find that there's various things that listed in the Bible that's important. One of them is crying. It's tears. The Bible says that tears is a language. That's what it says in the book of Psalms. That tears become a language. And let me dare say this. There's very few of us that's going to have a move of God in our life without tears. Now, for a man, that's hard. And we may have to ask God to awaken the rivers that are deep inside of us. But what I find out in the Bible, that tears was a language to God, not only was a language of God, but the Bible says that God remembers tears. In fact, He pours them in His bottle. What that means is, when you cry a tear before God, some way it speaks a language of, of crying out to God, and God remembers that tear. And God says, I will come in response. All the great warriors of the Bible, all the men and women of the Bible that accomplished great things, there was one characteristic about them. They cried. They learned to let the tears flow. And I dare say, I want to challenge you this morning. I'm not saying you can't get close to God without tears. But I am here to say, I challenge you to ask God to open up those rivers deep inside you. You may never be one to cry in public, but I want to encourage you to cry out as Joseph did in the Bible. And the Bible says that God responded to the cries of Joseph. So I'm here today. David was a crier. Tears flowed from David's eyes. Paul, tears flowed from Paul. There's something about tears that have a way of revealing our deepest hurt and our deepest pain and our deepest desperation. So I want to encourage you this morning and, and allow things to prompt that in your life. Sometimes I'll be driving alone in a car. Now, I'm not, I don't do much crying in church, but I tell you what, I do much crying by myself. And there's times I'll be driving along in a, in a car and, and I'll be worshiping or praising God with a praise song. All of a sudden, something will come over my heart. I feel I have to pull over to the side and I have to let those tears flow to God. I'm asking you, don't ask God to come to a tearless situation. Let your cries develop into tears or develop into a great desperation toward God. Can you say amen? And the Lord will help us. Praise the Lord. Now, I, I want to just take... One on this week, if I may, and that's a deliberate acts of obedience. There's one thing that happens in all of our life. God's desire to come and to work in our life or come close to us has to come after our acts of obedience. My acts of obedience to God as God begins to deal with my heart and deal with my life, as God begins to speak to me, then it's of vital importance that I say yes to God. You will never get God to say yes to you if you're saying no to Him. God's challenge, God's test in so many of our lives is, prior to the time of God working it out, God comes with a great test. You that are mature in the Lord, you've watched God do that. God will test you, try you. He will see. He will see how yes you are to Him. Don't ask God to do big things unless you're willing to be obedient in big things. So you allow God to, to, to draw you into those places. There are certain things in our lives many times that have to change. They're just like rocks, man. They're standing in our lives and they're just like a huge rock that's hindering God from coming close to us. And let me say, the proximity of God equal to the proximity of my miracle. If I believe in God, I must begin to draw God 
closer because the proximity, the proximity of my miracle lies in the proximity of God to my life. So I must be willing. God knows what it is that's standing in our way. And that's the way I want to close with today. I'm going to give you a questionnaire. Many of you were given those questionnaires when you came, uh, when you came in this morning. If you would, if you would uh, uh, pull out the, the, the three sheets of paper that are stapled together. Now, I was before God, really, in the evening about how to present this, how to talk about it. And then about four o'clock this morning, God woke me up. And this is what God spoke to my heart. And God said that this challenge, this challenge, you could easily identify areas. Now, what I did was, after each challenge that I mentioned here, I left a little blank. So you could check the places that you have struggled. Places that you're having to struggle with. So that you can check them and and realize this is an area that I must work on. It starts off, it says, what is your challenge? And that's what I feel like God gave me all of these. You're going to have to forgive them the spelling. I've already apologized to Sister Thelma. <laughs> me or spell check one wasn't, wasn't doing too good about four or five o'clock. So, but if you would, I want you to just listen to what the Lord, I believe, is asking us. And it says there, what is, what will have to change for me to come closer to God? That's what God asked me about four o'clock. What will have to change for me? To come closer to God. Who will I have to forgive. For me to come closer to God. It has been God's desire. Since the very beginning of time. To draw me closer. Now what is going to be my response. To God. First question I feel like the Lord said. Is it you struggling or fighting. Through a prayer life. That will bring you into that close place with God. The hardest battle I ever fight is the battle to keep a prayer life. I fought it yesterday morning. I fought it this morning. The hardest thing you will ever do, because God does nothing apart from prayer. So what that means is, I must have a prayer life. And the biggest thing that the devil is going to fight all of your lives with, that he's going to fight it with that prayer life. Now this becomes my act of obedience to God. Really, an act of obedience is a release step of my faith. When I act in obedience to God, it's me taking a step out on the water. It's me saying yes to God so that God can say yes to me. So if what it, whatever it takes and whatever struggle, and it's never stopped being a struggle with me. I love to pray. I love to worship. But it never, every day, it's been a struggle for 50 years for me to keep a prayer life. But if you're going to get close to God, it's going to take that. For you to develop, and that means whatever it means. It may mean setting the clock 30 minutes early. It may mean forcing yourself up or, or, or giving that time instead of just listening to anything on your way to work. Giving that time through the period of time that you're going to talk to God and God's going to talk to you. Because as long as the devil defeats us in the area of a prayer life, he will keep us far from God. The second thing, becoming more responsive to Him in worship are the nudges to be closer. Is that God dealing with me on that? To, to become more responsive to Him? Uh, some people say, I can't feel God. I, I hardly know a moment that you don't feel God. Now, I, I cannot remember, I, I can't remember a moment not feeling God. I'm here to tell you this morning that we must bring ourselves and train ourselves 
to respond to God. As God begins to come to us, then we must train ourselves. The third thing is, is it praying for God to open up your spiritual eyes? That's where it is. In fact, that is a biblical prayer. Paul prayed that over all the believers that he reached. That God would open up their spiritual eyes. Maybe your spiritual eyes are closed. And for you to come close to God, it may just simply take an volition of your will by saying, God, open up my spiritual eyes. Let me see. Let me hear you, Lord. Amen. The fourth thing. Am I cultivating my feelings to recognize Him? Am I cultivating my feelings? You know, my parents did pretty good on helping me to recognize hot when things are hot and cold when things are cold. But God has spiritual feelings on the inside of each one of us that must be cultivated. And we do it, the Bible said in the book of Acts, we learn to do that by feeling after God. Why does that mean? I feel after God. That's what the word usage that it uses in the book of Acts. They felt after God. I, I feel, I say, God, is that you I'm feeling? Is that you? Is that your presence? Is that sense of peace that's coming over me? Is that me feeling your presence? God, that sense of warmth that I feel, is that me feeling your presence? We must cultivate ourselves to be able to relate to and be able to respond to the presence of God. Do you realize that there was 500 people had given the, was given the instruction before Jesus ascended to go to Jerusalem and take that next step toward being closer to God? And that's what the whole book of Acts is. The book of Acts is the next step and the next step and the next step and the next step of being closer to God. And there was 500 people that were given that encouragement to go. I said, don't do anything, but go to Jerusalem and wait. What's, expect me to come. Out of the 500, there was only 120 that responded to God. That means 380 found something else in life. 380 people out of the 500 found something else to do other than respond to God. I'm here to ask you that question. Are you going to be the 120 that determines I will walk, I will walk close to God. He's calling me. Or am I going to be the 380 that finds something else to do? (laughs) Man, it's not hard to find something else to do. It's not hard at all in this world that we live in with the competitions that the devil is placing before us. In fact, the devil takes all the good things and tries to make them idols in all of our life that we would put them before God. So I'm simply asking, am I going to be that person that's going to say, yes, I will come close to God no matter what it takes? Or am I going to be that one that just finds something else to do? The fifth thing is, is that a spiritual obedience that I'm lacking. Maybe God is speaking to each of our heart and, 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 and we say, but I just can't say yes to God. Maybe God dealing with you about a ministry and your fear is controlling you and keeping you away from God. Maybe insecurity. May, maybe God is, is giving you direction to talk to a co-worker about Jesus and, and you can't bring yourself to it. And, and, and that insecurity inside you is holding you back from being obedient to God. 
Maybe some of you, the Lord dealing with you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and you're afraid, you, you don't want to be put on a spectacle, you, 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 you don't want to act crazy in front of people, or, or all those lies that the devil tells us. Or you say, I, yeah, I, I'm willing to take my steps close to God. Maybe it's in worship. Maybe God's dealing with you about your worship becoming more vibrant and, and more vocal. <laughs> and... And you've had to say, no, I, I, I don't trust God that much. And that very thing becomes the stumbling block into our life. Maybe God's dealing with you about being in church more. And, you know, I told you last Sunday, I've never known a Sunday morning Christian get a mighty miracle from God. It doesn't happen. It takes more commitment out of my life than that. Now, that doesn't mean I can't go to heaven when I die. Praise God we do. If, if our name's written down in the book of life. But what that does mean is my life will demand an act of obedience if I'm going to. Or maybe God dealing with me about being more consistent in my life. And my act of obedience to God has to say, yes, Lord, I'll, I'll, be, a, I'll be consistent in my life to you some way. Maybe, I, maybe I'm inconsistent in every other thing in my life. But you say, God, you're going to be different. I may be inconsistent in all these other things, but, but my faith to you is going to be different. I'm going to be consistent with you, God, in Jesus' name. And number nine is, are those that you need to give up in your life? Maybe there's things that you need to give up. Or maybe there's people that you need to give up. That God, that there's, there's people in, in all of our lives that the devil tries to place in our lives that, that if we spend too much time with those people, they will pull us down. Literally, we can't serve God and walk with certain people. And we have just got to make a decision. I love Jesus more. And let me tell you, you will never, ever be able to help anybody by succumbing to their weakness. The only way that there is help, you must put Jesus first in your life and get close enough to God that your prayers can help those that need rescuing. So maybe there's those, and maybe there are those that, that God's dealing with you about being a part of their life. Uh, there's people that I need to be a part of my life. One of them went to be in the Lord yesterday, and one of them, we, we was there at her funeral, and that was Sister Kathy Davis. I needed Kathy in my life. Kathy made me laugh when I was sad, or, or, or she brought great joy. But there are those people that God puts in our life that we need. They stimulate our faith. Oh, they're that, they're that brother or that sister that, that's over there saying, Oh, you can do it. Believe in God. Put your trust in Jesus. And then when we feel like pulling to the side and giving up, we need those friends that are there. They're going to say, Keep going, brother. I'm praying for you. You can handle this, sister. You can make it through this. I got a scripture for you the other night. I got a scripture for you for you the other day. Praise the Lord. Number 11 is... Uh, Simply, who or what do I need to be closer to God? Number 12, is there a stronghold that keeps me at arm's length from God? Coming to the close, I want you to just simply think about that. Is there, is there a stronghold possibly in my life that's keeping me at arm's length from God? I had one and Elaine had one. I had 30, 100, better you say 1,000. Maybe it was 2,000. And constantly along my path of serving God, 
God would deal with me over the various strongholds that he was building me strong enough to handle. The first and the major stronghold in my life was anger. In fact, it was hard for me to be close to God. Because I was constantly having to repent for my anger. I was constantly... That's what people that have felt powerless before usually do. If you've been in situations and you've been placed in circumstances where you have felt extreme powerlessness, what happens is this this self-preservation comes over there, this thing of anger, and then the devil takes a hold of it and he twists it in our life. And, And before you know it, we become an angry holic. We begin to deal with people in anger and everything in anger. And, and then it's not long, we even begin to live angry toward ourselves. But I'm here to tell you, that was my stronghold. That was the major stronghold in my life. It was the hardest one that I ever defeated, was the stronghold of anger. Now, I'm going to tell you what, it didn't go away in a week. And it didn't go away in two weeks. And it didn't go away in a month. My anger didn't even go away in a year. But it, as it kept sticking its ugly head on it, you know that game that you play when children's amusements where those, those things stick their head up and you take that big bonger and you bong it on the head. That's what I had to do every time that anger. I'd have to take the power of Jesus' blood and I would have to smash it. But eventually, somebody blow your horn. Eventually! 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 That stronghold broke and Jesus was able to sit on the throne of my life in that arena. Praise God. Now, Lane's was cursing. Man, she's a, she was the most spirit-filled cursor I ever knew. <laughs> I tell you, it was a stronghold that had her life. Man, when she would get frustrated, she would go into that. But she fought it. And 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 it got down to where she would only do it about ten times a day. Then it got to where it was about three times a day. And then it got down to where it was no time. Amen. Whatever your stronghold, whatever your stronghold, it may not go away in a week or a month, but it will go away. If you will remain consistent in your battle. And the reason that you remain consistent in the battle is so I can come closer to God. I want to have every hindrance wiped away. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Let me close just by mentioning this. Go ahead and start my music if you would. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Some things are built into our life. More than a stronghold, it becomes a control of a demon or a devil. I don't know if you've ever known of your life being under that type of bondage. But I have too. I knew what it was to hate somebody so long and so hard. For it went beyond a stronghold. It became a bondage of the devil. A stronghold I began to resist in the power of God.
<laughs> the power of that blood. The power of His name. But when it came to the bondage in my life, the chain that was wrapped around me, the chain of hatred, it took a deliverance in my life. I cried out to God night and day. I cried out to God that God would come and that He would deliver me from the bondage, from the chain that the devil had put in my life of hatred. I can remember the morning. I can remember where I bowed on my knees. After all those cries, King Jesus walked into that room that day. <laughs> and He snapped that chain and brought deliverance in my life. And for the first time in my life, I was able to say, I love them, God. I no longer hate them. The moment that chain broke, the door was opened to a closeness with God. So my prayer is that whatever it is that you just say, I want to be closer than whatever it is I face. If you've got something going on in your life that you need that, hey, it's quit raining. Why don't you step outside your car? We need to make a step toward God. If you if you need if you need some help and some deliverance and, and some answer of prayer and some strength and some grace, we're going to close in prayer. But as we do, why don't you just go ahead and step out that kind of car. Even if it, even if it is raining a little bit, it don't matter, man. Do it for Jesus. Oh, do it for Jesus. That's, that has to be your that has to be your goal. I'm going to do it for Jesus. I'm going to break this thing off of my life. I'm going to be free. I'm going to be set free. I'm no longer going to live under the chain of the devil. I'm no longer going to live under the chain of the enemy. Now the first thing we do in this prayer is we've got to quit giving ourselves an excuse. Man, I blame the people that hurt me so bad as a, as a, for a reason that I was in chains of hatred. But we quit giving ourselves excuse. Won't you just raise those little hands before God and say, God, it's sin. Forgive me. Whatever that bondage, whatever that, that stood in the way, whatever it is, God, I ask your forgiveness. Lord, I just confess it to you as sin. And right now, before God, I ask your forgiveness, Lord, in Jesus' name. Break this chain, God. Break this chain. Set your child free, oh God, to love you, to want you, to desire you, oh God, in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask right now, as Stephen sings this closing song, that the Holy Spirit would come. And for that place that you emptied out this morning, for that room that you gave to God, that God's going to come. And God's going to fill that room full. <laughs> no more room. No more chains. No more room. No more chains. No more room. No more chains, Stephen. Yes, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. 
break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. Convince you of that chain again. I love you, God.